Howdy, folks. It's Ed Gallo, FightSite.com, here to record another resume review episode. If you're listening on a podcasting app, you might be familiar with the resume review I did for George St. Pierre. I posted the final episode of that. Uh, if you're a FightSite patron, you're aware that I've been doing this for a while. Lots of episodes of resume review up on Patreon for the FightSite. Uh, this one will be up on <clears throat> Patreon as well with video. And sometimes I go back and I break things down, like I'll rewind or watch something in slow motion. So in that case, you're probably going to want to have the video version along with me. Uh, It's just a lot easier to get to get more out of this if you watch the video on Patreon. So I recommend doing that. Uh, Otherwise, you you can find the fights by yourself if you have Fight Pass or know where to find fights. And you can listen along. You can watch along with me. And uh, yeah, that, that should be that should be doable. But. Today's episode is going to be about Stipe Miocic, the UFC heavyweight champion. Uh, resume review is where I take a few fights from the fighter's career that they won, and I try to attribute quality to the win. Uh, the way I do that is by evaluating how tough it was to beat their opponent, and not by saying how you know even or close was the fight, but the other person. How did they try to win the fight? What were they doing? What tools did they use? Did they have the attributes to pull that off? What, what was their, how, how quality was their approach? So that might not necessarily mean that they came close to winning the fight or had more success than other opponents. Uh, it's a very subjective thing where I try to evaluate a lot of different stuff. And I usually come up with a number afterward and I, uh, it's out of, you know, out of 100. And if it's above 70, it's a quality win. And I add it to their list of their resume. And I've used those lists to uh, use those lists of wins to create uh, a ranking of sorts. Uh, it's my ranking for the greatest of all time. I think wins are the most important thing. So I've used it to, to do my greatest of all time rankings, but you could call it a, a list of the greatest wins in MMA history as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to do uh, three fights for Steve Miocic. I think three that are probably some of his best. I don't know if they are the best of his career, but they're the ones that are going to be going to give us the most to work with to evaluate. For example, I'm not doing the Fabrizio Verdum fight and it ended very fast and there wasn't that much to see from Verdum. Uh, and I'm not doing uh, the most recent Daniel Cormier fight because I think the one that came before that was probably a better representation of Daniel Cormier. So yeah, I'm going to watch those fights. I'm going to watch, uh, I'm going to start with the Alistair Overeem fight. I'm going to watch uh, the Francis Ngannou fight. I'm going to watch the second Daniel Cormier fight, not the third. So that's going to be it. So we're going to start with the Overeem fight. And going into this fight, Alistair Overeem was on a, was he on a win streak? He was on a win streak. He was on a one, two, three, four fight win streak. This is like, a, I don't know if they call it Econo Reem, what they called it, but uh, this is when he started to play off the back foot a lot more and try to force people to take sloppy leads. That's how he knocked out Junior Dos Santos. That's how he knocked out Andre Arlovsky. So he's looking like a really dangerous counterfighter at this point. Earlier in his career at heavyweight, you saw him, you know, bulldozing people forward with hooks and knees. Uh, and here he approached things much more patiently to conserve his energy, I believe, and uh, just play more on the counter. And it's a tough approach to deal with. So uh, Steve Miocic, on the other hand, he was coming off uh, the title win. This is uh, his first title defense after he knocked out Fabricio Verdum in Brazil uh, in under three minutes. And before that, he uh, beat Mark Hunt very badly, and he knocked out Arlovsky in the first round. 
And before that, he had that five-round main event with Junior Dos Santos. So this is like, you know, just a couple fights off a really brutal war, trying to establish himself, trying to break the uh, the Cleveland title curse. And uh, I believe I believe he does it. So we're going to watch this fight. I'm not going to be concerned with whether or not Cipe tapped. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he did. Uh, but, but yeah, we're going to watch the fight. So if you're trying to sync up with me, uh, they're touching gloves in the middle right now. Let me turn the sound down. It's distracting. But I'll tell you when they officially touch gloves to start the fight. And when the fight starts, I'm going to be looking at Overy and trying to evaluate what he's doing and what he brings to the table. All right, ref's in the middle. Just clapped his hands. And they just touch gloves. And the clock's up. And it's at 56. You can see Overy giving up a lot of space. Taking small steps backward. Shifting into different stances, keeping a, a long guard. Tried to sway any uh, entering strikes. Steve fainting a little bit. Overeem faints, gets a reaction, gets out of the way. Will skip up, faint with his hips there. A lot of circling out. So once we understand what Overeem's path to victory is, how he's going to try to win this fight, then you can start to decide whether or not he's doing the right things for us. So he circles out dangerous. Steve tries to uh, lead there. Rise a little bit on the high guard, but mostly just uh, circles out and tries to deflect. And the running back to the center isn't great, but otherwise this is a decent approach. There's a big uh, body kick from the outside. And the body kick's going to get Stipe to rush forward even more because he doesn't want to eat those on the outside. Oh. And a running to get off the cage and almost eats a kick for it. And he walks Stipe into a straight right there and drops the guillotine. Sits to guard. Elbows high, so that's actually not not good finishing mechanics, but nice guillotine tip. Stipe gets up. He's trying to chase him down. Overeem running. So the ring craft is not so good from Overeem, but uh, the, the strategy to draw him into that counter and the timing and the placement, that was all great, and obviously the power is a huge factor. So drops him once already by just walking him into his range and getting Stipe to follow him. And from the outside, he has his kicking game, which seems to be working pretty well from the one kick he's thrown. So good strategy, I would say. And execution has been, been decent, but yeah, the, the ring craft is pretty suspect and you know hard to keep up over a long time if you're running, literally. No remies and little feints to make sure that Steve can just move him whenever he wants. Showing, showing that rear straight a few times, he had back Steve off and, and used it to get back to the center. That's pretty smart. Yeah, now he's retreating a little more linearly and he's going to have to run to get off. Uh, decent job there, but he gets clipped. So he's going to his body kick, and there's that rear straight entry. Hits him clean there. Uh, Stipe slips it and counters. Very nice. Good adjustment there from Stipe. So let's see if Overeem can show him a different look. Stipe's walking him down, hitting him under his under his high guard. Let's him get back to center. He's just going to walk him down. There's a one-two. Backs him off. Overeem having a lot less success getting off the cage. I think he's a little tired already. Stipe tags him. Now he's stuck on the cage. Uses the uh, the long guard to push off in the hands to get out, but Steve just walks right back in. Now he's firing off in the hands, shooting to the body there, hand fighting to draw up the high guard and just punching around it, hooking to get him when he exits off the cage to the left there. Now I'm just evaluating Steve, but Overeem hasn't really changed his approach and his flaws are coming out very quickly. His little snap kick to the body from Steve. Oh, big body kick from Overeem. And there's the straight again, hurts him again. Now his knee into the clinch. So he, he's getting more aggressive to deal with this because he knows. He can't just take the back foot and let Steve beat him up, walk him down like that. 
So despite the knockdown, things are already trending pretty pretty badly for Overeem. And Stipe is pretty good at hammering a weakness once he figures out what it is, and he he misses that lead, and Stipe tries to uh, follow up. Stipe hooking, walking him down. Little snap kick to the body there, just follows him, lets him off the cage that time. He, he knows he can get into the cage pretty easily, so maybe not a ton of urgency there from Stipe. Oh, a big overhand lead from Overham and a nice little snap kick to the body. Nice body kick from Stipe to keep him from circling off to that side. One, two, jab through the guard. Oh, he's picking, picking his guard apart, hooking around the guard. Stipe not throwing big either. He knows he can just pick away at him at this point. Overeem misses. Stipe tries to hit a single. Gets that. Sits in the guard. And Overeem's just retired at this point. Just covering up from full guard. Stipe stacks. He's just covering up. He's just taking it. And he's getting beat up. <laughs> this is about to be done. Uh, I don't know if Overeem necessarily stopped trying, but... It, he fell apart pretty quickly. Um, Stipe did a good job exploiting his flaws, but I don't know. His his general his his A game his his general approach to win that fight at first I thought was good, and his execution was pretty good. But he was unable to adapt at all. And when he was faced with a strategy in his face and saying like, "Oh, here's here's something that you're gonna have to deal with," it he could not at all. So I don't just look at that. I'm also considering like, what is the aggregate skill set? What are the attributes like, you know, power and speed and durability? And that one's kind of on the fence as to whether or not it's a quality win. Honestly, Steve, did a great job, but Overeem, like, yeah, maybe he, maybe he wins that fight. Maybe he finishes him after he rocks him early on, but you know, it's kind of a tough one. So uh, I'm going to sit on the fence a little bit about whether or not that, that's quality. If it is quality, it's pretty low in the 70s. I, I don't think that that's a B win at all. Um, despite Overeem being, oh, he's this great striker. Oh, he has a ground game. Oh, he's big and he hits hard. And that's all true. But what did he do with that? He, he approached a very limited game plan that I don't actually think had a lot of versatility. Didn't actually hold up very well uh, after Stipe just kind of walked through a couple of those counters and uh, Overeem's ring crash really let him down. So playing a back foot game is very, very difficult in MMA. If you're going to play off the back foot, you got to be ready to do that. And it didn't seem like he was ex- expecting Stipe to just be able to slip a couple of things, defend a little bit and walk him down. And uh, he, he was expending a ton of energy the way he was trying to escape. So not great. <laughs> not great from Overeem. Uh, and again, probably one of Stipe's best wins, but uh, kind of a rough look. So that's that fight. Um, now we're going to watch the Francis Ngannou fight, I believe. Yeah, we're going to watch uh, Miocic versus Ngannou. And obviously I'm doing this because Stipe Miocic is fighting Ngannou this weekend. Uh, so perhaps I will be evaluating a little bit of both of them and thinking about that fight when I do it. I'm mostly just going to be trying to think about how, how good was Ngannou's approach? How good did Ngannou look here? Um, and I know he gets beat up pretty bad, but that's not always necessarily an indication of 
you know, what the rating is going to be. Like, you know, Overeem got that knockdown. He got finished in the first round. And Ghana makes it five rounds, but doesn't really get much done. That alone doesn't really tell us what it's going to be. So we got an open stance matchup here with Ngannou and, and Stipe. So that opens up rear hand and rear leg shots. Ngannou holding center right now. Big kick and tries to enter in off the kick. Big hook lead and Stipe reactively shoots the uh, single head outside. And just kind of runs it forward. He didn't actually really hit much of a single finish there. He kind of just uh, had a hard time keeping his balance on the way back. So he's got a wizard against the cage. To... Actually, he doesn't really have the wizard either. He's just kind of let Stipe have that underhook. Let's see what he does in the clinch here. Trying to punch around the head. Oh, nice. Uses that collar tie to just swing him off. Now Stipe's back on the single one. Going to start swinging again. Gets his, gets his base wide there defensively against the cage. Stuffs the head. Oh, that's pretty good takedown defense. He's swinging big, swinging big, trying to punish him for trying to wrestle. Swarming in, pressuring, throwing pretty much exclusively hooks to the head. Yeah, pretty much just hooking to the head at this point. So reactive level changes are going to be there. Oh, he threw a, threw a straight there. And Stipe's head movement looking pretty solid against the cage. And he's, lead, he's leading very aggressively, shooting around the guard. Oh, uh, uppercut lead there, hit him. Hit him hard. That was smart. That's smart by Ngannou. Oh, another uppercut lead. Goes one uh, lead uppercut. Stipe wearing it already. Oh, big counter by Stipe. And they're in the pocket. Ngannou pressuring and throwing shots to ward off level changes, which I think is a very good approach for his win condition, which is to not get taken down and hit him. <laughs> Another uppercut there and uh, Wizards and pulls him up off that shot. Pretty good takedown defense. All things considered. Got that elbow frame in against the cage, the Wizard and elbow frame. Great space. Oh, hits a knee to the head off that. That was nice. He's got Wizard and wrist control. Okay, he turned him off the cage real easy with that collar tie the first time they were on the cage. I wonder if he, if he goes to that again. I haven't seen this fight since it happened. Oh, yeah, turns him off the collar tight really well. He's pretty well trained to get off the cage here and uh, has decent wrestling tactics. You can see by his legs, though, that he's already kind of wearing it, <laughs> feeling feeling the, the fatigue a bit from the fight. The way he's fighting is very energy inefficient. Big swing high, chasing down with a really wide hook there. Steve at his back's right off. A little slip, oh, one-two counter there from Steve. Ngannou can take it. A little jab from Ngannou. You really just want to see Ngannou throw to the body at this point. <laughs> it would be very smart because Stipe's head movement is, is decent and he can see most of these shots coming. And oh, another another slip uh, pull counter there from, uh, from Stipe. Uh, jab, uppercut from Ngannou, but his feet are planted, base is square, and uh, Stipe doubles him right off his feet. Lucky to not get hit by the uppercut because he definitely shot under the uppercut. Now, Ganu's on his back and side control. Steve has got the elbow in the throat. Uh, and Ganu trying to fight the hands, I believe. And I'm not sure what he's doing with his other hand. Steve steps over. Kimura, maybe. Hitting him a little bit from that step over position. Goes back to normal side control. Cross face. Pound on him a little bit. Trying to get Ganu's arm behind his head. Try to pass it over to his other hand and attack, but he doesn't do it. 
Gunn is holding holding that arm. Doesn't really look like he has any sort of strategy about getting up. He's just kind of taking it. Yeah, he. I mean, Stipe gave up a lot of space there, and he didn't even uh try to hip out. There he goes, goes to sits to his knees. Stipe fighting a guillotine, and Gunn gets up. So not great, but he got up, and now he is just standing straight, straight in his stance. Big swing. Trying to walk Stipe down again. Nice jab to get into range, but he's a counter anyway. <laughs> Landed the jab. Gonna tries to step in big with his jab there. Oh, big one uppercut. Hits him there. Nice lead uppercut. Hits him with that one, too. Stipe eats some monster shots in this round. <laughs> Oh, there's that that pull counter again from Steve Bank. He's following up. Oh, and Gunner cracks him while he's moving in. Steve issues a double on the cage to survive. And uh, Ngannou couldn't recover his base there. And it was just uh, legs were too close together to defend that. So they're exhausted. Ngannou is way more tired, though. So if we're evaluating his win condition, a lot of things he was doing, decision-making-wise, not not terrible. I mean, uh, jabbing a little more, throwing the uppercut was pretty nice. Uh, shooting around his guard was pretty nice to make sure he could cut off the exit. Swinging too high, too wide a lot of the time, not throwing at the body, um, and you know, blowing his tank, trying to land something huge and throwing as hard as he can, really took away his energy, and uh, it made it so much harder for him to have good reactions defensively as a wrestler. I thought when he was still fresh in the first couple of minutes, his wrestling reactions weren't too bad. Um, he looked he looked decent there. He looked I mean, he looked difficult to wrestle. He's very heavy, but now it's like very very hard on his legs to you know get his base wide or you know use his arms to fight grips. And he's he's already very sluggish and getting lazy with his defense. So not not a smart way to approach that if that's how you're going to win if you're planning on having to defend takedowns but i think he also expected Stipe to be hurt a lot more when he hits him so it's uh difficult to to assess and like is this better than over him i think it's not it's not a more skilled approach than over him but it's a little more simple of an approach than over him and the attributes really help out his approach they really go together like over him's attributes didn't necessarily lend to the style he was trying to pursue, uh, whereas Ngannou's definitely do. So I'm, I'm already thinking about this as a higher rated win than, <laughs> than Overeem, not by a lot, but enough to signify that I, I think it's greater. Um, this little snap kick there from Stipe. So I guess everyone's question is Stipe's durability still there? Can he can the same thing happen if you know Ngannou just blows his energy in the first round and Stephen can, can kind of just control the fight from there? Ngannou trying to be more conservative, jabbing. He threw a, a cross to the body at one point. That was good. He needed that earlier though. <laughs> you don't start shooting to the body once you're tired. And his uh. His reactions for counters are still there. So Steve can just kind of kind of give him a feint and Ngannou will swing his arm hard. Nice little hand trap into the low kick there from Stipe. And big slip there. Ngannou's missing huge. 
But when your win condition is knock him out with a counter, you can try to knock him out with a counter. And a nice, nice circle away, you know, got his hips back and cir- circled off from that. I think he uh, got some underhooks on that as well. It's a decent takedown defense, even when he's still tired. Oh, just eats that one, too, from Stipe. And jab. And Ghana's got a great chin. Ghana's trying to jab a little bit. Ghana's jab isn't very nuanced, but he does have it. He does use it sometimes, so. Better than everything being full swing. Oh, yeah, uppercut, hook, counter on that uh, that naked low kick. So he's landing the counters he wants to land. He's landing a lot of what he... He's accomplishing a lot of what he wants to do. But Stipe is also very durable and <laughs> isn't scared off by it, isn't freaked out by it. And so I think that definitely impacts things. Oh, with a big one, too, and, and a hook on the end for Stipe. And he... Nganu sees the level change and nails him with an uppercut. And there's that double, runs his feet, runs his feet, runs his feet, and finishes it on the edge near the cage. Basically, with that, with that style of finish, you just have to outrun them. Like, you know, you keep advancing faster than they can recover their base, and that's what happened there. Now he's got this Iowa ride, you know, sitting on the ankle. He switches off to his bearing down on the top of uh, the back of Nganu's neck with his forearm. Other arm covering the back, just putting a lot of weight on him, making it hard for him to stand up. He switches off the punch, and that's when Ngannou can get up. He's just pushing down hard in the head. Ngannou's just really tired. Um, there's not really too much that should be stopping him from standing up here. He's just really tired. <laughs> and Stipe's trying to time him getting up with a knee, and Ngannou just falls back down. He can't keep his, his base. He's very, very tired. Stipe is keeping keeping that forearm on the back of the head at this point. Ngannou just covering his head so he doesn't get need. The ref is warning Stipe to do something, but I mean, Ngannou has to try to do something too. He's just sitting there. Stipe just put a little bit of forward pressure. Moved him forward uh, to the left a little bit, and Ganu just fell down because uh, he's just having a really hard time. Oh, big knee to the body from Stipe. Switching from that uh, that one hook in to the knee. That's something Gregor Gillespie does a lot, actually. Now Stipe using the uh, the opposite arm to, to keep that weight on the back and then switching off the punch with his near side hand. He's a little uh, three-quarter Nelson, quarter Nelson, rather, to uh, put a lot more pressure on that. That's a much more... Uh, Effective approach. Then your arms are really locked up. You're just punching, keeping that weight on, switching back and forth between those two strategies. Yeah, at this point, Nganu, in terms of what's the best approach to winning at this point, now that he's completely exhausted, stall out the position, try not to get finished, <laughs> try not to waste too much energy. Just kind of let it happen. So, you know, not the worst look despite how it actually looks. I don't know why that happened. Um, for those watching the video, my screen's kind of bugging out. <laughs> I don't know why that's happening. There we go. I'm listening to Ngannou's Corner.
I don't love it. <laughs> they said you lost two rounds. You have to go get it. And they also said keep your distance. So the way I would interpret that if I was in Ganu is make him lead and try really hard to counter him, which is what exactly what he's been doing. <laughs> That's not good advice. It's like when Dustin Poirier's t- corner told him against uh, Khabib, uh, stay long. And he's like, that is exactly what's getting him into trouble. Because stay long means keep him on the end of your range, right? So that's what had him back and straight up and given up so much space. Um, he didn't need to do that. So Ngannou's going to do the same exact thing as he did before. <laughs> but, you know, pressuring hard is what gets him into these reactive shot situations. But it's also what, you know, encourages Stipe to level change. And that counter uppercut's been there for him. Uh, Stipe shoots a single. Wasn't it really breaking his base down, but now, now they're on the cage. And uh, Ngannou didn't really react quickly, but just holding a wizard, Stipe is just bent over and has had a really hard time moving, moving Nganu. That wasn't necessarily good takedown defense, but being really heavy <laughs> helped him out there. Uh, and Stipe couldn't finish that, but he comes up to the underhook against the cage anyway. So all things considered, being a guy who just, you know, needs to not get taken down and lend some counters to win, it's not a bad approach. And it's not, it, it's, it, he's tough to beat. He's tough to beat because he's not going away. He's still dangerous. He's still throwing those counters, and he's hard to take down. That could make you tired, too. So credit to Sipe for not fading here. And uh, he tries to throw him off with the underhook and slips and ends up, takes himself down, <laughs> essentially. So the, the depth of skill and the conditioning are really what lets Nganu down here. Um, but, you know, for give, give, given what he has, what he's working with, it's a good approach. Despite selling out on every punch he definitely could have you know managed his energy better but he's a fighter with a lot of anxiety um he he freaks out sometimes and sometimes that works out for him and this time it didn't (laughs) and against Derek lewis he uh didn't do anything at all so i think that was a reaction to this fight he's like oh i tired myself out going nuts trying to finish this guy and, and he didn't go away he maybe stopped believing in his power as much and then the uh rosenstrike fight is like an adjustment from that is like well i didn't do anything and i lost and this guy's kicking me from the outside oh god i'm gonna lose and you know blitzed him and it worked so <laughs> if you're in ganu you might not really know what you're supposed to do because doing the thing that lost you this fight has worked most of the time doing the thing that lost you the Derek Lewis fight didn't work, obviously. So if he could understand that there's a middle ground, I think that would be ideal, but he might not get that. And his coaches don't seem to get that either. I'm not really sure what their instruction has been. <sighs> Leaves his feet to try, try to throw that left hook. Um, it's, it's a much more effort for him to try to hit hard now. Oh, jab right hook and he cracks Tipe real hard. And Stipe got a knee tap. Nice. Uh, the knee tap was a good adjustment because he was having a hard time getting these full level changes and running his feet and keeping his base. But if you can just run someone forward and pull out their base and run them across it, uh, that's a good lazy way to finish a takedown. Like Dominic Cruz was having a really hard time getting to Casey Kenny's hips, but he did eventually finish the knee, knee tap, shot the double and came up into the underhook and just uh, broke out that, that far leg. Now Ngane trying to sit up from half guard, gets to his hip. Stipe is covering across the waist. 
just punching. <laughs> Using that forearm across the neck to keep him flat in the mat. Steepik on post elbow a few times. It's punching across the post. Hitting the body. It's beating him up. Hammer fist. And Ghana can't really. Even if he knows what to do here, I just don't think he has it in him to do anything <laughs> on the ground. It's much, much harder to like make progress off your back and explode and create situations and get back to your feet than it is to just throw punches. Um, there's a huge difference in energy expenditure there. Seabit is using that forearm frame to uh, stick Ngana where he needs him. Ngana's scooting himself back toward the cage, so he's trying to make progress here. Honestly, like knowing what where he's at and who he is as a fighter, I think he's doing an okay job. Um, but you know, some people didn't understand who he was as a fighter or where he was at, uh, so maybe that that was something. That surprised people. But I think what a lot of people are saying is that this exact fight could happen again. And Ngannou could win just because he hit him hard a bunch of times. And maybe one of those times he'll knock him out. That's not really a confident win condition. <laughs> but if you're Ngannou, I think you just need to do a little less and be a little less counter happy because you can take his shots. And it's a lot harder for him to take you down when you're not leaping forward at him swinging. And him taking you down a lot of the time had to do with you just being too tired to defend well. So I think a way more conservative approach would work out. Not necessarily Derek Lewis conservative, but jabbing a little more, throwing that straight to the body a little more, which he's done. So it's not me asking him to do anything he hasn't demonstrated. He knows how to do. He does know how to do that. Uh, you're jabbing a little more, throwing straight to the body a little more, maybe coming up with your left hook off that. Um, the leading with your jab, honestly, has seemed to make a big difference with him. His biggest connections of the fight, besides those backstep encounters, were jab uppercut, jab right hook, um, and jab to the body. That's been good for him. Just trying to, to time the big shot it has not worked out for him. If he jabs first to draw out the reaction, because Cipe slips a lot. He slips to one side a lot, so he can draw out the slip of the jab and, and hit him. As he's moving and and he's shown that he can do that, he knows that. So the stuff he started having success with once he was tired could be what he just needs to do the entire fight <laughs> this this weekend. So I'm inter I'm interested because for Stipe, you know, you had success wrestling him, but it was really hard. It was really hard to wrestle him, and it was hard to get to your entries when he wasn't throwing. Oh, nice! I liked that. Oh, I liked that so much. So I'm going to go back here. So this is the beginning of round four. That was beautiful. So Nganu is going to throw the one-two. I'm at like 4.43 here. So Nganu throws the one-two. Stipe slips outside the one-two, uh, shoots the uh, the snatch single <clears throat> head inside uh, on Nganu's on lead leg. And he's going to drive in through it. And it looks like I'm going to actually go back and watch this in slow motion because that was really nice. Very pretty. All right. It's going 25% speed here. So there's the one, two. There's the slip, parry slip from Steve A. Gets that single, steps outside the base. He tries to uh, trip finish that. So sometimes people do that. They fall across, fall onto their own hip and uh, take that leg with them. I'm like 442 right now. 
uh, they take that leg with them. And because you're tripping it out, all they have is that rear leg to base with. And if you're pulling them across it, they're going to fall back uh, to the left here, what you're seeing. Uh, and they're not going to have a base. They're going to have to post and, and fall there. And then you can come back to your hip or take out the post and try to cover with a double. Uh, but what he's going to do here is pivot and get him. Oh, that's beautiful. Get him trying to post hard on, on that other side of his leg, um, stepping back toward the direction he was pulling. So basically the single lined up and gone in his legs so that he could reshoot this double across, straight across. Look at that. Just picks out both hands, pulls that lead leg, that rear leg out for the double. That was really good. That's a hard thing to do in, in full speed. Let's watch it a little slower. I mean, a little faster. Parry slip. Step him. See how that leg turns? See how he circled? One more time. Full speed, then we'll keep going. Turn the leg. Redouble. Boom. Probably like 438 now. Whew. That was nice. And he ran it. He ran the double all the way across into side control, which is also very nice. So that's definitely something he drilled. I love reshooting doubles off of singles uh, or just doubling off to finish your singles in general. I think that's a great idea in general. I think it's a really, really good idea in MMA because people are bad at finishing singles in MMA and it's stressful and it's hard because you get a single and you're like bent over and you're, you know, both arms are committed to the leg and they start hitting you. Tried to flying knee you. It's just, it sucks. Especially against the cage when it's much harder to manipulate their positioning. And Ghana goes for a leg lock and forces Stipe to get up. And then he just does not get off his back when Stipe does get up and Stipe just jumps back into <laughs> onto the ground with him. And now they're in referees internal position again. So when Ganu is showing things to get Stipe to move, he just does not have it in him to capitalize or actually do anything with the positions. He's just very, very tired. Um, I don't think his conditioning is going to be like significantly better in this fight, but I think he can manage his energy a lot better. And he can lose rounds like this. He can, he can afford to lose a ton of clock at a time and still have something close to a win condition. Because like it's not just a puncher's chance thing. It's like he, he could knock him out at any point on the feet, even when he's dead tired. He could knock him out. Um, Stipe, on the other hand, his chin is very strange to me because he got dropped hard by that overeem shot because he didn't see it. He walked right into it and he wasn't expecting it. And Ganu loads up with his entire hips and throws from the moon. And you know, you know he's throwing at you, and sometimes you avoid it and sometimes you can't, but. He's, he's braced for impact, and I think that changes the way you take a shot a lot. Think about the Daniel Cormier shot that knocked him out. He was blind, and he was hitting him off the break, so he had no idea he was, getting that, he was taking that one and knocked him out bad. Um, but then in the, in the next fight, he took a ton of shots, big shots, even some of the same shots, and was totally fine. So maybe his durability is, is gone. I don't think that's something you can accurately predict. I think you have to assume it's going to be the same until you see it be different. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think ducking into uppercuts is definitely a good way to get knocked out. And he did that plenty in this fight. Steep a control and front headlock here. And then Gandhi is, you know, posting up, trying to get against the cage, trying to get height. Uh, Steep is doing a good job to make sure it's hard for him and put a lot of weight on his back and his neck. It's holding front headlock. And clearly it's hard to hold Gandhi down because he's just, Steep is just committing to these uh, single positions and just uh, trying to ride them out as long as he can. On the back of the head again. 
See if he tries to hit a knee here. He's a, yeah, need the legs. Smart. And Ganu's legs being tired seems to be much more important than his arms being tired. So I think being the legs is smart. And he's just punching him under and over the uh, the armpits. There's not really anything to analyze here from Ngano at this point. <laughs> he's way too tired to demonstrate anything or be a fighter. But the fact that he doesn't get finished in this fight is pretty crazy, considering how exhausted he is and how good Stipe is and how offensively good Stipe is. And this isn't me like trying to stretch it to give Ngana credit. This is just how heavy it is, where you don't have to be that successful to win a fight. It's much different than other weight classes. Oh, another knee to the body. I like that a lot. Yeah, so uh, Ngana tried to base up and get on his foot uh, with one of his one of his legs, and uh, Steve Beta slipped in the hook and pulled it and got him back to his knee and then pulled it out and went right back to riding the hip. That's nice. Because if you just fully commit to the to the ride on, on the leg and put that hook in, uh, you end up a little more behind them, and they can actually post against the cage a little bit more and try to stand up. So it's it's better to ride the hip, except for when they try to get their base up, then you just take that post out and go back to riding the hip. Keep the punch in the body here from front headlock. Very smart. Smart performance. Steve is getting tired of punching. <laughs> Steve is also kind of frustrated. He's like, Ayana's is not doing anything. And Steve doesn't want to stall. And he wants to be offensive, but when the other guy's just doing nothing and he's super heavy, it's like there's only so much you can do. Oh yeah. And Ghana is dead tired. Dead tired. Corner is just giving him motivational advice at this point. I would say hold center, don't back up, lead with your jab. You know, look for his level changes, throw those uppercuts. And I would also say, you know, because he could take his shots, keep keep your arms kind of low and, and look for those frames when he level changes. You know, frames and uppercuts. I think those are the the moves. But that's that's a lot to take in in the corner in the fifth round when you're exhausted. So you're not probably don't want to hear that. But in between fights, I think uh, if you want to knock out someone who's trying to wrestle you, don't back up. It's important. <laughs> you don't have to pressure super hard, but you should not be conceding space because against the cage is where things are a lot worse for Ngannou than in the center. So his arms are low. I think that's just because they're tired. Uh, and Ghana just kind of standing still. Shows a little, a little step. Trying to throw some some rhythm. Uh, throws lead hook. Steve pitch has a shoot. And uh, can't can't do it. Just runs him straight into the fence, which is fine, I think, for Steve A. Wasn't necessarily looking to finish that takedown, just trying to get him into another grappling situation. His leads are so wide. He leaves such a huge window to try to shoot under. You know, what are you going to do? Um, it's and but he's throwing what he wants to knock you out with. He wants that big, slappy lead hook. Um, 
And if you're trying to hit someone hard, it's probably easier to throw that hard than to jab hard. But all his success really has come off his jab. But you probably only want to have to throw one punch <laughs> at this point. So you can't really question decision-making at this point when you're probably the most tired you've ever been. Yeah. Stipe just holding that underhook, keeping the head position under Ngannou's head so Ngannou can't get low to get that off. His knee in the leg a little bit. Going to try to hit that single. Now he's a double against the cage. Falls across his own hips. Ngannou dropping to match his level. Holding the guillotine, I believe. That's not going to work out. But it could get Stipe to come up off the shot. It does. It does. So he's just holding that. Trying to give him some hip pressure. Leaning back a little bit, pushes him off, tries to throw on the break. Stipe reshoots into the single, back to the underhook. Keeps the head positioning underneath and on his head. That's all pretty good stuff. I'm listening to the commentary. They're both just saying they're both tired. I'm like, yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> And you can't really ask for Steve A to do more. He's winning comfortably, so why do something else? I feel like Steve is unhappy with his performance because he just wants to be more offensive, and he's probably disappointed with how tired he is, but this is a very hard person to beat this way. And that's kind of what the rating is about for, for resume reviews. How tough is it to beat this person? Um, and you, you have to keep beating him, and you can't make as many mistakes as he can make. He can screw up left and right, but it's just really hard to do things to him because he's so huge and strong. There's that slappy lead hook again, Stipe. Not feeling it, tries to hit that, that uh, check jab, counter jab. Head movement's still looking pretty sharp from Stipe at this point. And Ghani kind of showing with his hands, the jab and the uppercut. So you know he's thinking about it, but it's just it's hard. And an uppercut is something you have to throw with your hips and your legs a lot. And if your legs are dead tired, then that's probably going to go away. And Ghana is not reacting to Stipe's shots anymore. His his uh, his strikes, he's just standing there, walking forward, taking whatever. Just doesn't have it in him to punch. Saving up some energy to try to throw one shot. Stipe uh, chipping at the leg a little bit. He's backing off. Ghana throws a very lazy strike to the body. About a minute left in this fight. Standing still. Stipe saying, I don't need to do anything. <laughs> Looking pretty light in his feet. Yeah, Stipe is not nearly as tired as Ngano is. Um, he's athlete tired, where he's like, yeah, it's hard for me to do all the things I want to do and do them well. But he's still like able to move and, and throw strikes and wrestle a little bit. Ngani tries to jump over the straight kick. That doesn't work out. Less than 30 seconds left. And uh, Ngani tries to throw a flying knee and Steve tries to reactive counter. I think he ate that to the body. I think he ate a knee to the body there. Steve is going to hold that underhook. All right. No need to stick around for the rest of this fight. <laughs> so I, uh, I don't know. 
I'm trying to avoid falling into the trap of saying, well, for a heavyweight, for heavyweight, because I don't do that. But it's just, you know, any fighter, any fighter, you know, given the, the constraints of being that size, you know, you have to use your energy a little differently. You can't be as fast. You can't throw as much volume. Uh, things work a little differently. That's that's undeniable. Things are a bit different when you're a heavyweight. Not enough to say, like, you can't have skills. Um, I think Nganu has no excuse for not being more skilled. And Stipe is, you know, one of the more skilled heavyweights. So that's nice. Um, so I'm not, I don't want to say, like, oh, for a heavyweight, that's good. But Nganu's tough to beat. I think if you put any fighter up at that weight and, like, insert your skill set into a heavyweight's body, uh, they, they win the fight. But it's It's tough. It's tough. It's a tough person to beat. Just attributes alone. It's a really tough person to overcome. Uh, so I, I dare say that's a quality win. Uh, it's because it's really hard to beat him that way. Uh, he could always get knocked out. And it's not just like the cliche of, oh, it only takes one or he has a puncher's chance. Like it really looked like it, would, it was only going to take one for about three and a half rounds. And then he was too tired to throw any punches anymore. And even then, his last move could have knocked Stipe out. So that's a tough guy to beat. Uh, hard to say. Hard to say if it's a better window for him or, or worse, but they're both they're both in the seventies, like low seventies. If if they are, I'm not appraising them very high. But we're gonna have a very different fight here with Daniel Cormier. Uh, extremely different fight. Two fighters who actually like have a skill set and won't fall apart immediately. Um, so I'm looking I'm looking forward to that to watching a a real fight, <laughs> so to speak. Let's set that up in a second. All right, we're about to start this one. Steve Miocic versus Daniel Cormier at UFC 241. Uh, I'm not going to give the background. Don't care. I just want to watch it. That fight was tiring. I ain't got a new fight. Uh, but yeah, we're about to start. I'll tell you what the timestamps are as we go. Herb Dean just clapped his hands and they just touched gloves. Clocks up. It's at 56, as I just said that. So Cormier pressuring, Stipe hitting that inside leg kick. So I'm evaluating Daniel Cormier. So obviously he wants to pressure and, and wrestle and get Stipe on the back foot and do what he does to everybody. Nice late low kick from, from DC, jab low kick. There's that long guard he shows that tries to catch the hands of Stipe before he throws. Good inside leg kick there from DC, too. He throws hard. I think he checked that low kick from Stipe. Not bad, not bad. And I know the flight site is known as the Daniel Cormier haters, but I recognize his skill and his attributes. He's, he's good. Good low kick there by, by DC. And something he probably noticed from the JDS fights that uh, Stipe is very kickable and shows the shot and comes back up to, to throw high. Good stuff. DC is very fast for heavyweight. DC out kicking him here so far. Just to check the hands again. Steve a little hesitant to throw and jabs a little bit there. DC hitting that lead leg. Little jab hook thrown from DC. Oh, big jab hook there into the uh, into the collar tie. That's smart and tries to hit off the collar tie, but Steve backs out of it. Oh, there's a, a nice uh, overhand counter there by DC and tries to hook off of it. <clears throat> DC looks good. Throws his head way out of position when he throws, but the, the, the selection is smart. And I tried to do the same thing into the lead hook there, but gets a jab countered, backs off. <clears throat> oh, 
Oh, there's that the overhand counter again. He's uh, he's got counters prepared for Stipe's jab, and oh, he goes uh, left hook into the shot very fast. Head outside single. He circles him in so he get his base lower. Stipe trying to chase that. Uh, so let's break this down again. I'm at three three minutes. Let's break that down again because I've I've broken this down before. Um, we're gonna go slow, real slow here. So we're at about three eleven. So snatch single, head outside. Stipe is trying to control the head for now. Trying to balance on that leg. There's the hips back. So right now, DC's bent over. Stipe's got his hips back. He needs to switch. What he really needs to do is switch that left arm into some sort of cross face. Uh, he's got to circle his right foot this way to the right uh, to create a little bit of space here so he can wedge that arm in. Because if he can push DC's head even further away to the left here, uh, he'll take off any control he has over that leg. But DC's going to run his feet forward to try to get his hips a little closer uh, to, to deal with the sprawl. Big outside step. So a big outside step would allow him to turn the corner and try to start shooting straight across the body. Uh, but Stipe is doing a good job stepping back further and it, against a bigger person. It's hard to cover that kind of distance. Um, so in this situation here, and, and Stipe is still kind of just balancing. And DC's looking to run the pipe a little bit here. You see how he's, he's lowering his level and C-stepping back towards the left here. Stipe countered with the... Uh, <clears throat> the knee pull. So you can't see it, but his right arm is uh, outside the leg on, on the right side of DC. And he's using that to kind of sit to the corner and, you know, crunch DC up like this and make it really hard for him to control his base. Um, so even if he does try to take him down, he's at an angle where he can just shoot his hips back and um, you know, base out and, and get DC underneath him. So DC having a hard time because of that, that knee pull. And there we go. He switches that arm to the, the cross face. Now he's able to punch that cross face and create a lot of distance and keep chasing this angle to get outside to either try to you know counter and get his own takedown or just separate entirely. Um, so he really needs to work that cross face. So he's chasing that angle. He's chasing that angle. He still has the cross face. And now he's going to switch. He's going to let go of the cross face because he sees that they're almost squared up. So the only reason I really see to, to let go of the cross face is to get like some sort of lock around the body and hit back even harder and try to flatten him out and get him, get him on the ground. Um, so he's reaching for that. And as soon as he does it, DC scoops that leg underneath him and lifts. I think it was a mistake to try to cheat that position and get them into a more, a more solid position. I think he should have kept working the cross face and stayed on his feet and try to chase that angle and create that separation. But Normally in that situation, when you're, when you're defending, you can chain your defense and really hit in hard. But as soon as he switched over to that body lock, DC squatted down um, because his head was back connected and, uh, and hit that lift finish. And being able to hit a lift finish is kind of a cheat code uh, because you don't need to go through nearly as many steps to be able to hit it. Um, yeah, he got it there. So nice little scramble from both of them. DC lifts and he's going to... Steep is going to lock across the body, try to look for a nice way to land, create some separation, rolls through for the leg, underhooks the leg. DC keeps height, stuffs his hips, stuffs that into what would have been half guard, yeah, there's half guard there, and keeps control. So good, good situation situation from both of them. Steep is going Kimura across body from half guard, trying to get his legs free. He does, yes, separation, and swivels, try to get his hips out. I was about to give up turtle, thought better, went back to his back. DC fighting, fighting a good fight, man. It's good stuff.
it's a good fighter. I think what where the dissidence tends to come from is people say, oh, he's one of the pound-for-pound the pound elite best skill fighters in the world. And that's just not true. He has a lot of weaknesses. Um, but um, the way he approaches fights with his attributes and his skill set, I think it's it's good. Very good. Um, it's a highly rated win here. Steve posting to try to get separation. DC just held on to the hips. He's locking his hands. Try to create that separation again. Nice to elbow off that for Stipe. Overhook that arm. Cards open. Just trying to minimize damage at this point. There's that elbow. DC just pounding a little bit, going body head with the hooks. Posts on the mouth there to get height. Little hammer fist back to the body. It's good stuff from DC. Smart ground and pound, keeping his head down. There's that elbow again to the top of the head. That's probably the best place to get elbowed, though. <laughs> not for blood reasons, but just for not hurting. Steve A overhooking over time both of the arms. DC freeze up and land some nice shots there. You're not really bothering to pass guard because, I mean, Steve is not super active off his back at this point and he's landing. So why not just keep pounding on him? DC gets tight. Steve tries to take out that, that leg from the same position. Nice up kick. And uh, good pass there by, by DC. Good scramble hitting that, that go behind. I'm not going to break that down, but that was good. Uh, <laughs> the way he avoided that. Now, uh, Steve is holding on to the leg against the cage, but DC's got control here and he's. Uh, Using that butt drag to keep him in place. He's hitting his hammer fist against the cage. That's oh, that's bad. Oof. Oh, he's just taking those. DC posts on the cage to, to spin behind more. Steep is holding that single. Now he's up with the single. If reshoots the double, he's got his uh the far leg, but he lost the uh the first leg. Now he's back to the double, and DC was hitting him the whole time. It's a really good first round for DC. Steep barely did anything. Uh and I, I liked most of the looks I saw from DC. Leveraging his gifts very well. Let's see what the corner says to Steve there. Breathing. Good advice. No advice yet. Just calming him down. He said, you're waiting, you're not moving enough. I think that's true on the feet. He was very hesitant to lead. He wasn't doing a lot. Allowing DC to get time and reset and keep setting up all his different looks for entries, I think that's a bad idea. So I would agree he needs to be more active, more aggressive. The best way to deal with, with a good pressure fighter is, is to pressure them, honestly. Get them into their B game and don't let them do their thing to you and you try to counter it or you try to deal with it. You push them back. This jab there from Stipe, a little level fake from Stipe. Getting on the front foot a little bit more already. Kick the leg. Nice check there from Stipe. Finally checks the kick. Nice uh, straight lead. Getting him back a little bit more. Tries a lead hook straight. 
Longard deals with it for DC. Oh, a knee off the hand fight. That was nice from Sipe. There's the hand fight again. DC trying to hit off these hand fights, but it doesn't really have the range to land power from there. Yeah, hand fight definitely benefits Sipe, in my opinion. Oh, there's another knee to the body off the hand fight for Sipe, and DC paying a lot more attention to move him back now. He doesn't like that. Sipe breaking off the hands and hitting the head pretty well. His little tattoo there from DC hits the uh, the back fist. Yeah, he's he's getting D, he's drawn out D, DC's defense here, and that's where DC starts to fall apart. Is when you get him rocking back and forth with his hips and getting that wild, exaggerated defense. You know, as we know, it opens up his body. Huge elbow off the hand fight from DC though. Yeah, uses the uh, the elbow tie to turn him off in the hand fight, and Stipe parries the hands and uh, hits a nice one too. That elbow attempt from Stipe, good head movement in the pocket there from Stipe. Slips that jab, slips that straight. So he's got DC walking him down again, but he's countering really well, and he's getting more aggressive. Oh, Stipe lands a few, but DC came up really hard with an uppercut. Oh, I poke. I poke off the hand fight. Now he's got that one, too. Oh, big counter as DC tried to walk him in. Huge shots here. Huge shots. Oh, yeah, framing off the hand fight, countering him there. Steep is doing doing a lot of good stuff here to exploit it, and DC's answer is just to keep keep coming. Keep coming. That's just always his answer. Now a nice post on the head to create distance and got a uh, straight in, but every time Steep hits him hard, DC just uses it as an opportunity to eat it and get his own shots in. A little bit of chin bullying here, but yeah, Steep has got a great chin as well, and DC just landed fully clean. Oh, nice using the uh, the underhook and wrist control to turn DC off the cage there. And now he's going high with the underhooks. Going a high lock behind the head. Keeping keeping him tall. Keeping the arms tied up. Stuffing the wrist now into his stomach. A little short elbow. See, but just making sure the arms are high. Not letting DC establish ties. And he backs off. There's a nice 3-2 uh, jab again. Yeah, DC leaning back to avoid everything, and uh, Stipe can reach him. Oh, yeah, straight straight hook off the uh, off the hand fight again for Stipe. Oh, so Stipe outstriking him from these hand fight positions, but he's also eating a lot. It seems to bother him more when DC hits him. Oh, big whiff from DC. Oh, he's outstriking him in the pocket here by a lot. But DC has the chin to just keep pressing these situations and, and keep trying. DC double double straight off that little level change uppercut jab. Yeah, DC Stipe ducking his head off the hand fight a lot, and that's I think where where Stipe, DC is finding these uppercuts. DC uh, gets the over under and puts him on the cage. Got about a minute and twenty left. So both guys leveraging leveraging their strengths here, and for both of them, their chins are are a strength. Stipe uh, making sure a lot of these shots off the hand fight at the top of his head. That's that's a, not a bad look. Oh, big uppercut there, though, off the collar side for, for DC. And Stipe uses the frame to turn him off in the clinch, and DC hits him on the break anyway. He's just eating everything at this point. With a clinched up, Stipe's got a high underhook, circles off. Nice one-two. He comes up from the chest with his, with his one-two, and that's uh, helping him get through the hands. Not throwing high. Well, a nice little outside trip from the clinch there attempt by Stipe. DC dips under the one-two, but can't get anything off the clinch. Oh, yeah, slips the uh, 
he slipped the hand fight <laughs> to get his counter there. He's treating the hands like punches. And slipping in and out of it. Which leads me to believe that Stipe would beat up John Jones. Because Jones can barely punch. <laughs> oh, same exact shot that knocked him out in the first fight. DC hit it again. Hit a little head kick off the break there, too. They both swing hard in the pocket, both eat everything. DP lands at the chest there, actually. So, technically, Stipe's defense has been better. He just uh, gets a little lazy after he lands, and he just stands there, and that's when DC throws big thumb in the eye there. So DC just leveraging the fact that he can basically eat anything to the head that Stipe throws um, and just throw after he's done. Just force the hand fight to get him to throw, and then he's still going to be there afterward and just throw after that. He's hitting off the break well. Off, cup, off the collar tie was very nice. He's had some good looks. Definitely a better round for Steve Bay, despite taking a shit ton of damage. But they're yelling at DC in his corner to keep his hands up. He said, beat him to the punch. Not great advice from DC's corner, honestly. That is a beat him in the punch, keep your hands up. Wish I could hear Stipe's corner because uh, they have something to build on there. There's a faint jab to the body, snap kick to the body from Stipe. I think they, they might have told him to hit the body more. <laughs> Jab there from Stipe from range, trying to create keep that range a little bit more, avoid constantly these hand fight exchanges because they're about even. Oh, nice. Uh, draw up the, the hands, hit the two through the middle from Stipe. Yeah, faint more. Faint more to draw up the hands. That's 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 a pretty easy read from that round. Big jab from the outside. Faints it, gets the hands up. There you go. A little level change to a single from Stipe. DC uh, limp legs out. Just a kick off the uh, off the break. DC looking for the same exact stuff. Stipe just keeping a little more distance, jabbing off that. Hands in the face, a little level take, a little fake to get in there. Yeah, just landing his jab a lot more here. Fainting that hand fight out from a little further away and just jabbing off the hands. Get eye poked again there. Definitely having a hard time seeing out of one of those eyes. Blinking it a lot. DC jabbing with him now. That's a little better for him than, than just the hands. Oh, nice uh, slip counter. DC hits a little bit off the break there, but yeah, he's just keeping a further distance with the hands. He's just posting a little bit more, keeping his strikes long, and just making being more intentional about keeping keeping those situations long and pushing, pushing off the hands and keeping those frames in. That's very good. Keeping the frames in when DC comes in to punch, or just smothering him in the clinch and getting your own your own tie ups. He's been good from these underhook positions. Look at that high underhook. He's keeping DC's arms up so he can't pummel in. He's going to get that high to lock behind the head from double unders here. DC can't really do anything with that position. He's too tall. Yeah, clinching with taller guys kind of sucks because <laughs> they can do this to you. They can uh, you know work their leverage a lot more by getting your arms high and standing you up straight. This is basically how the, the third fight went, I think, that Stipe pressured him a lot more, smothered those situations in the clinch a lot more, and, and just used these underhook positions against the cage to stall out any momentum that DC had and just keep him tied up. 
he hit the body a little bit more than he did in this one, but a spinning elbow attempt off the break there for Stipe. But he doesn't get away fast enough, and DC tries to get, exploit him against the cage, but Stipe using the hand fight to, to keep that distance and hitting him on these entries. It's a good counter game by Stipe. And DC not making any changes. Basically just doing the same thing that he did last round and having a lot less success with it. You can tell he's a little frustrated. DC's trying to jab in the range here, but his jab's are way worse than Stipe's, and Stipe can just uh, kind of parry the hands away and, and counter with his traits. That's a land there from DC. That shot grazes the, uh, the cup. Yeah, DC getting more active with his jab, I think, is actually good. <laughs> but he's eating these counters, and they're, they're starting to bother him. DC just keeping these changes, lengthening these exchanges. Now he's uh, smothering him in the clinch once he feels something he doesn't like, and he's got double unders there. He takes DC down off the body lock. Now he's using that forearm in the back of the head to make it hard for him to get up, switching off the front head lock, but DC gets up because he's better than Francis Ngannou. <laughs> Shot against the cage from DC, but Stipe wizards and circles off and gets a reversal go behind there for Stipe. I call that two takedowns for Stipe. And he exits off the cage. Having a hard time getting away, though. Got a circle to his right. And fight again. Steve is eating these on the top of his head. Nice little frame off circle out from the pocket there. And DC pursuing this hand fight much more aggressively now because he was doing way better in the second round than he is in this round. So this is at least I was hitting him then. It's time to walk forward with his hands out. Oh, and that's the one-two there from DC. Still got the speed advantage here. The shots are coming from a lower angle, so definitely hard to see. Nice little two there. Stipe just eats it. Stipe's chin's crazy. Oh, a good frame off to circle away from the cage and tries to uppercut off of it. Turns him with the uh, collar tie there. DC trying to hit straights off the hand fight. They're getting real sloppy. I'm leaning back. Man, it's just, it's funny. His body's been there the whole time. <laughs> it's just the way he defends. But the hand fight makes it harder, but he'll he'll find he'll find the shot soon. I want to hear his corner if they say it. They're saying 3-0 DC. I disagree. I don't think DC won that round. And it's arguable that he didn't win the second round either. I thought, uh, thought Steve definitely won that round. Steve's corner saying you're too close. From what I can hear, they're telling Steve, you're too close. Keep your hands up. When he comes in, slip out to the right and, and escape on the angle. Um, basically, just telling him to outfight more efficiently. Punch first. That's the same thing DC's corner said. Not great advice. So he figures out the body punching on his own. I haven't heard them say it. I know that's the big narrative is it was whatever it was until he learned to punch the body. But I mean, he didn't necessarily lean on that too much in the third fight and still beat him with the other things he learned from this fight, which was that he could out clinch DC and all those hand fight pocket boxing situations where he kind of got into trouble. 
he could smother those. I think he took more from that than he did from anything else, which is funny because it's easier. <laughs> Take the path of least resistance. See if they pressure him forward a little bit. And I think DC is tired at this point. It's been a super high volume, crazy fight. Stipe's cardio is uh, unfair for a heavyweight. Stipe jabbing a bit, drawing the hand fight. DC taking the back foot, willingly backing up here. Stipe jabbing. I, I think DC's really tired. That's probably what got him to hit the body as he noticed how tired he was. <laughs> Framing off and, and backing straight out there is Stipe. He's pushing the hands away and backing off. DC kicking out the leg again. He, he abandoned that after the first round. The Stipe checked a couple early on, but not enough to completely get rid of the strategy. DC only landing there when he covers a ton of distance on his strikes, but obviously that's much, much harder to keep up over time. Near the fourth round of a very, very tough fight. Stipe giving him, give him a little looks, little shoulder feints to get into range here. There's the jab. And DC just moving back now. Can't force those situations as much. It was too tiring. I think getting out clinched also tired him out. It's a tough situation to be in with someone who's bigger than you. I like shows shows a little body jab there off the uh, off the lead, pushing away the hands, pushing away the hands. Yeah, having this range advantage really opens up the options for Stipe. It should it should be a hard fight for DC. It always has been. So the success he's had is impressive. But uh, I think he kind of did the game that was going to win him the fight. And there's the body shot off the hand fight. So now he sees it. Now he's gone to it right away, right again. And shows that dip to the body and goes to the head that time. Slipping that one from DC. So he didn't really take his corner as advice to stay away and move back. He's, uh, he's throwing on him. He's letting him come into his range and find encounters. There's another shot to the body. Off the hands, because he can reach it. <laughs> there it is again. Slips, slips to his uh, his left and hits the body with the left hook. Oh, moves in again off that. It's like four shots in a row. He's hit to the body. So he's slipping these straights, and he can just slip enter. Yeah, he can. Steep uh, DC is only throwing these straights from range, so he can just slip enter into the pocket and rip the body over and over again. He's just, just going after it. Oh, yeah, doubling up, uh, lever punching, lead hook, lead to the head, lead hook to the body. There it is again. Yeah, DC's only throwing straights, and the body is wide open, so why not just keep hammering it? Just do the same thing over and over and over again. There it is again. Doubles up with that left hand. <laughs> just check the hands and hit the body over and over. Same strategy. Change nothing. Eats a one-two from DC right there, but Stipe just stays on him. Not going to be discouraged now because he knows it's there. He smells it. DC very tired, obviously. They're trying to get him to go away off the back foot. Misses it there because DC just backs straight up out of range. And uh, he sees the counter there from DC. Both hands to the body that time. Oh, that one was, that one was big. Drilled him with that one. There we go. There he goes, slips out to the right, uh, throws off the hands and slips out to the right. That's what his corner was calling for. And that is a big shot off the off the hand fight. And he circles out, hits that straight, <laughs> just goes off on him on the cage. 
Bam. He, I, I really think he could have been on his way to winning that fight, even if he didn't do that. There's the little Irish jig, the river dance. But <laughs> I really think he could have won that fight, even if he didn't find that adjustment. But maybe the judges would have, would have screwed him because uh, I didn't think that DC was up three. The commentators said DC was up three. I thought that Stipe had an argument for rounds two and three. Um, definitely round three. But uh, yeah, maybe, I mean, I think he would have won these last two, even if he didn't hit the body. I think DC had the energy in him, in, in him to wrestle anymore, at least on leg attacks. That was a very tiring fight. And uh, it's really hard to duck into these level changes, the way that DC defends, the way he leans back. So, you know, he was fighting the best fight he could considering what Stipe was given him, but he couldn't make any adjustments. He didn't really have anything else in his tank. And, uh, you know, not having consistent offense, like just having to like hand fight your way in and stuff. If he had like more built-in head movement, I think it just was tiring for him to fight that way. And, you know, only doing big lift finishes on your singles is definitely tiring and not, you know, defending your body ever is also a good way to get tired. And uh, Stipe just had better, better footwork, better, better head movement, better tactics. He was bigger. He used his height well in the clinch. Um, There's a lot of things that contributed to that win. I think basically everything except the body shots is what comes back in the next fight to, to replicate the win. Um, he doesn't really do that same thing because maybe he he knows that DC is going to be expecting him to do it and he's going to have some big counters cooked up. But DC is tough to beat. He's very tough to beat. Stipe is very impressive. Um, despite his his flaws, I think Stipe is very impressive. Um, he, he's very good at winning. <laughs> so, uh, and he's got some skills, and, and they, they, they come and go in the fight. Um, it doesn't always look as good as he does, but he has his own ideas in fights, I think, and, and maybe the, the, the high skill things we see from him are things that were drilled in well. And that's how they want him to be all the time is this very put together boxer um, and, and kicker. But he sees things on his own that, that he also uses to gut out these wins most of the time, like the Overeem fight, this fight, uh, the Dos Santos fight, the rematch where he just walks him right down and, and bombs him. Like those are the Stipe taking over and getting the win type of situations where I think a lot of these other fights, they want him to be this slick guy on the back foot, but probably just not him deep down. <laughs> wow. See, so yeah, that was very impressive. Uh, DC was doing a lot better earlier than I remembered, but the, the, the flaws and, and what led to the win are, are the same things I thought. So evaluating that win, I think it's definitely a B win. Uh, the reasons DC can't be rated higher, the reason Daniel Cormier is not an A win, because he can't adjust very well. Um, he has his flaws and they're there, and if you exploit them, he doesn't really have anything he can do about it. His only win condition is continue to press the thing that I'm doing. And hope it works out. And if it stops working out, he gets discouraged and he backs off a little bit and you can do what you need to do to him. Uh, and, you know, his wrestling style is very energy and efficient. So I think as a heavyweight, uh, he's a lot less meaningful of a win. I, I, I'd feel more confident approaching him as an A win at light heavyweight, but as a heavyweight, I don't, I don't think so. So I think, I think it's solid, like solid B, not B minus type of win, which is what I always had it as. And I think uh, the third fight, maybe take a couple points off just for, for age and fatigue, but yeah, that's my resume review for Stipe. I think he has a couple other, um, you know, rate worthy wins like Verdum, um, maybe Dos Santos, maybe, um, 
yeah, impressive. So if he beats Ngannou again, I think that's another quality win on his resume. And at heavyweight, it's very hard to find people that fit this criteria of quality. So uh, Stipe, in, in my book, in terms of wins, is, is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Um, it's not that close. So I hope you enjoyed this and hope you liked watching the fights along with me. And we'll see what happens on Saturday. I'll be doing commentary for that. That'll be on podcasts. That'll be on Patreon. Uh, obviously, video versus audio. So check that out. And uh, I'll be doing that with Shriram. So I'll have a little, little commentary set up. All right. Bye-bye.